Welcome into The Harvest. I'm Andrew Stroud. This podcast is dedicated to helping you be a disciple and make disciples in the everyday places of life. Our goal is to help you live and share the ancient faith in modern times. And today we're going to be talking about what I would call the forgotten requirements, something that Jesus calls all of us to do that we don't often remember or take seriously, and that is to forgive. So we're going to be talking about forgiveness and to help me walk through that today is my good friend, Shelton Markham, Mm -hmm. pastor of Paseo Del Rey Church here in Chula Vista. So Shelton, welcome back and thanks for joining me. Man, uh, grateful to be here. Grateful to spend some time with you and dive in God's word. And and I I haven't, I don't know if I've ever processed forgiveness as the forgotten command, but I, I think as we get into this and we see the level of importance that Jesus places on forgiveness, I think, um, yeah, I think that's a, a very appropriate title to give this because it, I mean, Jesus doesn't really beat around the bush on this topic, does he? No. And that's, that's one of the things that stood out to me. This has been something that I've wanted to talk with you about for mm-hmm. a while because it's something I've seen in my own life that I, I believe that I don't take as serious mm-hmm as I see Jesus taking it. And I know that because when I read the gospels, I'm often just Mm. struck Mm -hmm. by how, um, you know, maybe even stern, but certainly how how high a a place Jesus puts on forgiveness and how he expects his followers to forgive others. There are some strong, some of Jesus' strongest teachings, I think, are around this topic. And so I kind of see a mirror when I'm reading the scriptures, like, man, I'm not there. And then, you know, just in interacting with others, I think it's something that that many of us wrestle with. Um, we know we should forgive, but it seems like we often give ourselves permission to to make exceptions mm. for some of the, the the worst case scenarios that we've experienced or or been through. So, mm-hmm. we're going to talk a little bit about what the Scripture teaches, and specifically mm-hmm. Jesus. But um, we're also going to get into some of the practical aspects of yeah. what it looks like to forgive and and share from our own lives. So why don't we start with Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's he's the master and he's the one that we look to for our instructions. He's the one who modeled this, you know, par excellence. You know, he's on the cross. And he says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they can you, do. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Like, like I, I just process that out realistically of somebody executing you and in the midst of that pain right. to a slow execution, mm. you're praying for, for, for them right. and he's having tenderness on them and looking at the Maybe he's looking at them in the eyes and forgive. Like, I mean, the, oh it was, goodness. it was enough that people could hear that prayer, yeah. you know, yeah, that somebody it, they recorded. It's shocking to everyone as it is to yeah. us. Yeah. And as you get into what Jesus says about forgiveness, um, he, I, I think it is meant to be how Christians forgive um, is meant to be one of the um, defining characteristics of a follower of Christ. Hmm. And the reason I say that is, is, is Jesus's own teachings. We often run to, uh, you know, Jesus says, uh, by the way you love one another, the world will know you are my disciples, which absolutely will. Mm-hmm. What is he saying with the way you love one another? What right. is that? Um, so Jesus' quintessential um, sermon uh, is is the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew five five through seven, um, and he he breaks down the the life that he is he is coming to to enable, and he takes an Old Testament just truism that that his audience would have 
grown up with that you have heard that it was said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You hurt me. I'm in every right able to hurt you back. Right. Right. I'm in my my rights. Even so to speak. even um, perhaps even required that that's what justice demanded. That's what justice is. Right. And so. And then he just flips that on his head, and this is where we get the turn the other cheek. So if you want to turn along, this is Matthew chapter 5, verse 38, where he begins this. And so this is where we get the turn the other cheek, go the extra mile. But then right after that, he continues on with another you have heard it said. So back to back. And so verse 43 says, you've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemies. And he says, but I tell you, to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So you just mm. talked about Jesus praying while they're nailing to the cross. Mm. This is three years before that event, yeah. and he's preaching it. And right. he, is, he is teaching. This is what it looks like. Mm. He says, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Right. So this is going to mark you as not belonging to this world is that as people hurt you and persecute mm. you, you respond with love. And he, he goes on to say, if you love those that love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that, but be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Mm. I, he is calling us to an extremely high standard of not living in an eye for an eye, of turning the other cheek, of loving and praying for those that hurt us. And he says, this makes you children of God. This is what a defining <laughs> characteristic is. Because if not, it's easy to love people that are kind to you. You know, it's easy to love those that don't hurt you. Right. But even he says, the tax collectors do that. Like folks of this world mm. do that. But mm -hmm. the stuff that makes the kingdom of heaven here on earth is when we love like God loves, and God loves sinners. Yeah. Praise be to him. Right? We would be right. in trouble if not. So listen to the elevation Jesus puts on forgiveness right off the bat. This is what mm -hmm. it means by, by the way you love one another. It's a forgiving, grace-filled hmm. kind of love, right? Right. And, and so if you follow along, he, he has a little kind of a goes talks about giving to the needy, which again is a type of love. Mm. But then he gets into the conversation on prayer. Right. And and how to pray. And you brought this up earlier in the Lord's Prayer. So what he's teaching us how to pray. And most of us memorize, right, those uh, the Lord's Prayer, verse, verses 9 through 13, uh, right. and we stop at 13. But you brought this up. I thought you had a great point, as we are kind of talking before, of, about the Lord's Prayer on the same Sermon on the Mount, same thing, same themes happening here, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, and, you know, verse, so, so we get to the point, everything that we, he... He's telling his disciples to pray in this prayer. It's all external, you know, mm -hmm. uh, your kingdom come, your will be done. Mm -hmm. um, give us this day our daily bread. Um, lead us not into um, temptation. And and here he, he says, and forgive us our debts. And then for the first time, we get inserted into the prayer. Mm as we also have forgiven our debtors. And that's important because uh, like we were saying before we started recording, um, if we go on to verses 14 and 15, you know, where the 
the Lord's prayer ends, Jesus's teaching continues. So for those disciples that got this first instruction on how to pray, he wants to make sure that they don't miss that particular part of, mm-hmm. of the prayer. Forgive he could have commented on give us our daily bread. <laughs> right. He could have commented on the kingdom come. He could have commented on any of those other, but he only comments on one phrase yeah. in there. And right? I think it's because this is going to be the thing that many of us struggle with. Yeah. Yeah. And what does he say in there? Why don't you read that for us? Yeah, this so, is huge. So he goes on to say, for if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your father will not forgive your transgressions. And he doesn't beat around the bush there. Yeah. This is one of those, the, these texts that if you just read it and take Jesus at face value, this is a really hard teaching. This is a high standard that Jesus is setting before his disciples. And that's why I say maybe it's not a forgotten requirement, but it's certainly something that we seem to put at a at a lower level of importance than what we see Jesus. Oh, for sure. It's not nearly as elevated as it is to Jesus. But if you go back and put that in this larger context, if he's saying, hey, right. this is going to be what marks you as children of God, mm-hmm. how grace-filled you are to those that hurt you, mm-hmm. right? So now he comes back in here and he's, and I love that he connects this with prayer. Yeah. And I, I was, yeah. I was meditating on that this afternoon of, of why does he connect this with prayer? And I think particularly because it is hard, I think forgiveness mm-hmm. might be the place that might require the most prayer for us and the place where we experience the transformation of God and the power of God in our mm-hmm. own hearts more than any other place. Yeah. Right? Because we know the emotions that we have towards someone, but to then experience a, a transformation of heart, like that's, that's beyond my ability to do. Right? right. An eye for an eye is a very natural response. Right. Turning the other cheek, praying for the persecu- that's a, for my persecutors, that's a supernatural response. Response, And I think that's your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. It is the kingdom of heaven here on earth revealing itself, which requires him to move. And I, there's lots of passages we can run to. You mentioned another one in a, in a few chapters where Jesus says something very, very similar to this. And I, I think it's, we need to be careful with putting this in the larger, our larger understanding of salvation. Jesus is not saying that we earn God's forgiveness Mm -hmm. by the way we forgive others. Although he is making a deep connection there. I think what he is saying is rather one of the clearest signs that a person has, has understood and received God's forgiveness in their lives Mm-hmm. Is that they are so transformed by it that forgiveness comes out of them. Mm-hmm. And so you reverse engineer that. And he says one of the clearest signs that someone has not felt the full confession of their sin and embraced the f- ready forgiveness of God towards them. Right. Is that forgiveness does not come out of them. So it's mm-hmm. it, to me, it's he's saying, again, here's what it looks like to be children of God. Mm-hmm. Right. And here mm-hmm. is. Here is the delineating factor that you can say that's a child of God because he forgives as he has been forgiven. And here's one that is not because they are not forgiving as they have not received the full transformative forgiveness of God, if that makes sense. Maybe they have pride there. And and at least that's the way I take that. Yeah, it does. And I think that's where... um, 
we have to wrestle with that because it's because like again if you just look at face value mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that that would be a natural thing that you would begin to ask is well well is he saying that if we don't forgive then then salvation isn't something that we're going to experience and and, and is there a timeline on that if if I yeah, hold on to right. to not forgiving for ten years am I not and I yeah. die but but I was planning on to eventually <laughs> forgive maybe I or or maybe I eventually do forgive so in that ten year was my salvation on hold right, right. and I wasn't forgiven until I forgive and, like and I feel like that's almost like going to like the second and third order but I think if we just take it at the at the first order of what Jesus is telling us I believe it's that. Um, us forgiving others is not negotiable. Exactly. That there is an expectation that the father has towards us as his people, as people that he has forgiven. There, There is a requirement. That's why I didn't want to call it a command, um, but I do think it's a requirement. Why that, don't you want to call it a command? Uh, because I do think that that gets into, you know, keeping, you know, obeying something that's going mm, to earn mm, you. Mm. Um, and... You know, we can kind of transition to this other story. I think it would be good to just touch on it. Okay, we won't read. It. We won't read the whole thing because it Matthew it's, 18? it's Matthew right? eighteen, and and I would encourage folks to read it on their own if they want to get the full story. But but it's a pretty famous story. It's where Peter comes to Jesus and he asks him this question: Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. And this is uh, uh, Matthew eighteen. And it's verses 21 through the end of the chapter, verse mm-hmm. 35. And so, of course, you know, we love Peter because so many of us feel this way. Like, okay, all right, Jesus, um, I get it. I do have to forgive. But um, where's the line? Where, how, how many times do I have to forgive? And I think another way that we approach this is, uh, okay, I'm going to forgive most of the things that happened. But this this one thing that happened to me was, mm-hmm. was so egregious that mm-hmm. I can't. I can't believe that Jesus would expect mm-hmm. me to forgive mm-hmm. that. So like Peter, I think we're looking for... What's the out? You're right. Like, surely you don't mean forgive all the time, yeah. all things. And, you know, Jesus tells this story about a, a master who had um, a slave who owed him a lot of money, way more money than he could ever repay. And when the slave can't repay it, he's initially, he's going to get turned over uh, and, and be thrown into prison and become a slave, a debt slave. But um, it turns out that the Lord of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. That's verse 27. And then verse 28, we see that same slave immediately going out and uh, literally uh, choking um, a fellow slave who owed him uh, money and he wasn't willing to forgive. He wasn't willing to extend to this other slave the same forgiveness that he had received and for a much smaller amount. And, and Jesus ends that story like it's one of the, the, the few stories or parables where Jesus tells us the the interpretation mm-hmm, at the mm-hmm. end. Sometimes Jesus just gives a parable and and you have to kind of scratch your head and mm-hmm, really think about, well, mm-hmm. here Jesus goes on to say in verse 35, well, let me read verse 34. The Lord of the slave moved with anger, handed the first slave back over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed him. My heavenly father will also do the same to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. So again, just a heavy, heavy teaching by Jesus that doesn't leave us a lot of room to, to doubt how important this is uh, to him for his people. 
you know, as you're talking and I'm, I'm, I, I think it's important for us to understand what is the purpose of God forgiving our sin? Because mm-hmm. we oftentimes make that the end, like that's the end goal that yeah. God just wants to forgive us. Like, so, so right. for, but it's not, that's a mm-hmm. means to an end. Mm-hmm. It's a way to get what God really wants. What God really wants is to transform us by bringing his perfect presence into our life. And we begin to live life with him as he designs it, right? Mm. If we lower God's purposes to just, hey, I'm forgiven, I'm scot-free, I'm out of here, and we make right. the gospel all about just, hey, I'm forgiven, I'm done, then we're not transformed. And mm. and we instead keep our self-orientation, our selfishness, it's all about me, I've got this mm. trump card, you know, I've got this forgiveness, I am good. Yeah. And we've misunderstood the gospel that um, no, we are forgiven so that we can be transformed by God's presence in our life. And and it's one of the biggest clear signs. So why does the king respond this way to the unmerciful servant? Why will the father respond that way to us? Right. Because we have misused the gospel offer hmm. of forgiveness. Right. And we've tried to make it about just not feeling guilty about myself anymore. Like mm-hmm. I've got off scot-free, I'm done. The The servant can go out and live whatever way he wants. Mm-hmm. And the servant did not have a heart change. He didn't, he was not touched by that kind of love. Right. And so you can make the argument that, is this about forgiveness? Yes. Mm-hmm. But it's also a parable about transformation and what he's actually looking for uh, in yeah. us, right? Um, yeah. You know, what's, what's yeah, and I think that's where um, we did a, uh, a series of videos on discipleship, and uh, we're talking about using those uh, at the church yeah, just yeah, to help yeah. followers of Jesus get their minds around what does it mean to follow mm-hmm. Jesus. And one of the one of the last videos was on how Jesus expects us, you know, what Jesus has done for us is, is so great, is so amazing. We could never pay him back. Mm-hmm. And thankfully he doesn't expect us to, you know, mm-hmm. Jesus does not expect us to pay him back. He does expect us to pay it forward. Mm-hmm. Like he expects mm-hmm. us not to compensate him, repay him for all that he's done on our behalf, but he absolutely expects us to turn around and then extend to others some small measure of what we've received from him, which is kind of what you see here with this slave that he, you know, the, the, the master of the slave was incensed that this slave who had experienced so much forgiveness was not willing to turn around and, and extend a much smaller mm-hmm. amount to, mm-hmm. to a fellow slave. Yeah, and again, God's whole goal is to make, um, as Paul says in Ephesians, a new humanity. Mm-hmm. People that live as children of the light, right? Yeah. Um, that just live differently than this world. And so we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, even the way we look at how people hurt us or how do we respond to this. Like once we just say, okay, I, I'm no longer going to live mm. the earthly way. I want to live heaven's way um so as as we we submit ourselves to that then we realize that forgiveness is the way of heaven Mm -hmm. so it's not an option because if you want to live heaven's way the way everlasting right this is the only path it's Mm -hmm. and there's never when it's not the path right Right. like like it always is going to be the calling before us it's a non-negotiable and i don't think it is about earning God's forgiveness as opposed to showing that we've actually 
received and and understand the gospel. Yeah. You know, okay, you've wanted to make me heaven here on earth. Right. In and my own life. I, I do agree. I think I think that's the heart of what Jesus is trying to communicate mm. is this this idea that that God is not only um, willing to forgive us, but he's wanting us to become like him. And, mm-hmm. and even in these stories, um, like in this story, it, it's very picturesque language. Um, the idea of being um, held by torturers, I, I, I think that that's not God being vindictive, but I think that that's the reality that if, if, we, aren't, if we don't become people who are willing to extend forgiveness, you know, you, you think that if if you could be forgiven, you would experience freedom. But there's a there's a sense in which you're not going to experience the full freedom that God has in mind for you until you're able to forgive someone else yeah. in some weird way, like releasing someone else mm-hmm. um, from the debt that they owe you is liberating to you. You know, mm-hmm. it, it frees you from those torturers mm-hmm. that perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, and then okay, so that's good because we want to get into. I want to. I want to be as practical as we can. So if we say, you know, God has forgiven us and He wants us to forgive others. Okay, what is what does that mean? What does that look like? Um, you know, you hear people talk about forgive and forget. You know, mm-hmm. is forgiveness and and you had mentioned before we started recording a quote that. Um, you came across recently from Tim Keller Mm -hmm. on this topic of Mm -hmm. forgiveness. So I don't know if you've got that uh, available that you could. I don't have it memorized, but I can, I can pull it up. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, he says forgiveness is, is granted before it's felt. Right. So I think we, if we, as we turn the page here, one thing I want to say with, if we can just realize that forgiveness is a non-negotiable, whether you call it a requirement, commandment, but this is the way of a child of Christ, of a child of God, of a follower of right. Christ. This is a, 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 hmm. a defining factor. Okay, so with that's on the table. Yep. We all agree on that. Right. Now, practically, how do we work that out? Because there are hurts, and sometimes I don't feel like forgiving. Keller just came out with a great book on forgiveness in 2022, and that was a quote from it that forgiveness is granted. It's an event that we do um, often before it's felt. So a lot of times we say, well, I will forgive this person once I, I have stopped having mm. like hurt. Or I can't forgive them because, because I still have hurt Absolutely. from this. So we hold... We hold on to it. And he goes on and I'll just on a practical nature. And then I kind of want to share from my own life of of what this looks like. But he goes on to Keller does to uh, give us a, a. a pretty good definition of, of how do we do this practically, right? He says that forgiveness is a promise before God uh, not to take a revenge on a wrongdoer for his or her sin against you. So you're you're not taking vengeance, right? I'm not mm-hmm. going to pay you back. Making that promise entails three practical commitments, he says. One, you promise not to constantly bring up the sin to the wrongdoer in order to browbeat and punish her, right? So I'm not going to keep bringing it up before mm-hmm. you. You did this. So if I've forgiven it to you, I'm like that. Second, I'm not going to bring it up before other people. 
so as to harm the wrongdoer's reputation, because that's still a form of vengeance, right? I'm going to mm-hmm. hurt you with this fact yeah. that's happened. So if I've forgiven, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And then number three, I'm going to stop bringing it up to myself so as to keep that feeling of anger hot and, and to replay mm-hmm. that video and, and kind of cherish that that feeling of, of mm-hmm. I'm better than this person and, and look what I've done. That's a pretty good practical definition of, okay, when I let go of forgiveness, I'm going to stop bringing this up over and over again. Um, but I, 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 I like, I like that a lot. Um, uh, I debated how, how open I wanted to be uh, because this goes out on, on the internet and whatnot. But I, I think one of the great values when we talk about forgiveness is being real and vulnerable with what does this actually look like? So I don't want to just approach this as a pastor, but as a, as a child of, of, of God who has experienced the power of forgiving and the power of being forgiven myself, I think it helps to, to, to be open. And, and, um, so I'll, I'll back up in my own life and just kind of give a running, um, kind of commentary on my, uh, on how real this is to me. This is a topic that is gigantic to me. Hmm. So I, when I was a young kid starting around like nine or 10, I began experiencing a a pretty severe trauma in my life and out of respect and and not to bring up, you know, I'm not Mm going to browbeat. um, I won't go into details what that was, but it was, it was, it was a pretty severe trauma that lasted years. Mm -hmm. Okay. It was of a sexual nature. Um, and, and it was, it was hard, uh, and again, how do you process that even as a nine or 10 year old? And that went on and it, it resulted in me, um, you know, it was a hidden thing. Nobody knew about it. My, my parents didn't know about it. It was a, it was a hit, this hidden thing. Um, I just was a kid with a ton of anger. I was a huge kid. First of all, I'm a big guy, but I was a gigantic kid and I was getting in fights at school and, and getting suspended. Like my whole personality changed, you know, hmm. and it was, it was a hard time. Um, Years later, um, I'm a teenager, I, probably around 15, 16, um, this person uh, came to me and repented and asked forgiveness. And um, man, and God had just had been doing a thing in my life in those those years anyways, mm-hmm. just separate, like my own salvation story. My parents had gone through a divorce during that season. It was a really tough season. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I had experienced God in God's movement in my life quite a bit. Um, and so I, by God's grace, I gave forgiveness to this person. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, I have not brought this up to this person since then because I really feel like I forgave. Mm-hmm. But the the trauma of what happened wasn't suddenly just away and healed, right? And as a 15, 16 year old boy, I, I didn't even understand the levels of trauma that had that I was holding on to and how it was going to affect me. But what it what it really resulted in, there was the 90s, the internet that was just coming out. It resulted in a pretty dark, long addiction to pornography. Right. It was connected to the to the trauma, but it was just this other thing that I've kept in the dark. Hmm. You this kind of other side, this other hidden secret that's there, which is often what happens in in in, in those situations. You fast forward and I go to college and um, 
felt my call into ministry, met my wife, mm. my now wife. Um, we're dating, we get married, we have our first son, and I'm pastoring. Hmm. And I have managed to keep this secret from everyone. Like it's nobody knows it. Um, and uh, <laughs> it's Valentine's Day as we as we talk through <laughs> this. Is. And my love for my wife is is tremendous. And and uh, my wife changed my life mm. on a single night um, because she confronted me about my sin. Mm. You can't be that close to someone and actually hide. She could tell, right. and so right. she confronted me. It came out, um, along with, for the first time in my life, I told somebody about the trauma that I experienced, and I brought mm -hmm. it into the light. Mm -hmm. And I had never connected that these things were together until that moment. It was like a revelatory God moment. Chains mm -hmm. fell off, and my wife, by God's power, looked me in the eyes with tears of just she felt totally cheated. Mm -hmm. You know, all of those emotions that the wives experience or spouses experience when their spouse mm -hmm. has that type of addiction. And she said, I, I forgive you. Mm. And then that moment, uh, <laughs> I can't tell you what that did to me. Mm. Like it, it, it just began a a long process of transformation, and this was years after, and that I had forgiven the other person, right? Mm. And she would tell you if she were here right now, and we we share our story because young couples need to hear this. That right. we were like three years married, you know, and it hit, stuff had hit the fan, and hmm. she, this was bad, and. Um, she didn't, she wasn't healed automatically overnight. She had a lot of emotions. Yeah. I don't think, um, yeah, the, we would tell you we weren't, we, our marriage wasn't really healed for another year after that. Mm -hmm. All right. There was a lot of processing, a lot of happened, but I never doubted that she had forgiven me and mm -hmm. my own healing began in a lot of that process. And I look back at that and I can tell you, as I sit today, several things happen. Uh, we've been married now 17 years, um, coming up on our 18th anniversary. We have a, a, a fantastic marriage. I just read this quote that, if, that said, if you want to have a healthy marriage, then you need to have two good forgivers. Right. Hmm. And I, I agree with that. Um, her grace transformed our marriage in such an amazing way. And she would tell you she was so mad at me at that moment. Mm -hmm. And yet she saw not a spouse that had hurt her. In that moment, she saw a brother in Christ that, and she saw her own need to forgive because Christ calls her to. Right. Yeah. And so it was this obedience thing that her emotions were, were to be vengeful. Her obedience to Christ, her love for Christ was to forgive. And those mm -hmm. words, I'm telling you, transformed our whole trajectory of our life. Mm. And addictions broken, healing, counseling followed, all of that, all those things. Mm. And so you go back and look at this and say on a practical level, and I've dealt with this for years, of, 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 uh, I've I've never brought this up. I've never hmm. to to the person or to to the whole the whole, why why right because I I've forgiven. I've and so the only reason I bring it up here is is in the hopes that and I've done this from from the pulpit or speaking to men. I do it here to say to give hope to somebody that has experienced trauma. 
to say, and you're holding on, you say, I cannot forgive that thing, whatever that right. is. Like that is the unforgivable sin. And I, I'm going to tell you, yes, you can. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can. And the path for me to truly let go of it, right, was to recognize my own need for forgiveness, mm-hmm. right? my own sins, mm-hmm. my own brokenness. So, man, well, first of all, I really appreciate you being vulnerable <laughs> and sharing that. Yeah. Um, it's um, it's a gift. And mm-hmm. uh, I really, I really mean that. I, I think uh, a lot of us, when we hear stories from other people, um, you know, so many others have maybe similar experiences and, um, you know, we need that hope and we need, we need to know that this is possible. Mm -hmm. Like you said, it's not just words on a page of a holy book, but there's this hope that is, uh, that is there for us as, uh, as followers of Jesus and as, as people who experience his grace Mm -hmm. and his forgiveness Mm -hmm. and his spirit. Um, so thank you. Thank you for sharing that, man. Um, something you said there at the very end mm-hmm. <laughs> about how, you know, it took years and it, it, it took you sort of being in, in the other chair, so to yeah, speak, yeah. you being in a, a place where you yeah. had, had hurt your wife mm-hmm. and were in need of her forgiveness, that something about that, um, maybe allowed you to, to, to break through in a, in, in a, in a new way. A and, and so I want to ask, you know, so you forgave, and this goes back to the Keller quote, Yeah, you know, there was this event when you were 15, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when you forgave the wrongdoer in your mm-hmm. life. And yet here we are, you know, years later, mm-hmm. um, where the, the process, you know, of, of forgiveness, I guess, uh, working itself out was still was still mm-hmm. occurring. So, mm-hmm. can you share a little bit about, um, I guess, any any thoughts on that from your own experience or just from what you've seen? I know you've counseled a lot of people mm-hmm. over the years, and you've studied the scriptures. You know, I guess what are what are some of the takeaways that we that we could learn from from that reality? That mm-hmm. it, it goes to what you were saying. You know, forgiveness. Uh, precede the act of forgiveness precedes those, those the processes, yeah, yeah, the feelings of it. Yeah, I I think one of the truths that we have to hold on to in Scripture is one of my favorite lines is from the prophet Jeremiah, and he says, "Who can trust the heart? It's the most deceiving of all things." Mm. Right, and we live in such a time and age where it says, "Hey, follow your heart. Whatever your emotions, desires are telling you, go do that." Mm-hmm. Right. And so scripture is almost screaming the exact opposite of that, of, of if you actually believe that you were sin filled, right, then your heart and your emotions are good. And, and Jeremiah <laughs> says it is the most deceiving of all things. It will lead you astray. Right. right? Hmm. And so this is why we can't say I'll forgive when my heart comes around to it. Hmm. Because or I just can't forgive yet. Yet I, I can't because you are putting your 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 emotions, yeah, before faith, mm. right? Mm-hmm. You are putting and you are really saying I will come around to trusting God once I I feel fully healed here. Mm. The act of forgiving is such a trusting thing mm. that actually it puts it in reverse and says I don't feel it. I'm hurting. I I don't want to. Um, and yet I trust you, God, with all of that. Mm. And so I'm going to give you all of my trauma, all of my wounds, and I'm, I'm going to let this thing go. 
I'm going to I'm going to move out of the mindset of victim. And I was a victim and I have looked victims in the eye um, in counseling who have been victims of terrible things and say, I love you. You were a victim. But as long as you hold on to that bitterness, you are going to stay a victim being defeated by it over and over and over again in some capacity. I think that's what my mm-hmm. addiction was. It was me holding on to this trauma, this thing, and mm-hmm. I didn't want to bring it out to the light. I, in my own pride as a male, as a man, I don't want, I don't want to reveal this. Mm-hmm. Um, man, then Satan just had a field day in that, mm-hmm. right? The enemy took advantage of that and was leading me into all kinds of places. When I first experienced true victory in my life was when I confessed true just brokenness and emptiness, right? Mm-hmm. And like, here I go, God. And and I trusted him there. Mm-hmm. And I had to let go of that uh, terrible... And I don't mean to demean anybody's trauma. That's why I want to share my story before I, because I'm speaking of somebody who's had it. So this is not demeaning to my trauma that I experienced, but it is to say, here's the path. Mm-hmm. Here's the path out of this, right? Mm-hmm. Is that I don't want that to define me. I don't want it to wreck my life. I don't want it to wreck my family's life. I don't want it to wreck everything. And it's not denying that it happened. I dealt with it. I went into counseling and I saw I sought out counsel. Yeah. I dealt with it. But I didn't deal with it with vengeance in mind. I yeah. dealt with it with mercy and the desire to fully let it go in mind. Does that make sense? It and does. So, it does. And I think that's... that. I really appreciate where we're at right now in this conversation, because part of what I I want to try to help sort through is, you know, forgiveness being this, this choice and this, this act of faith uh, and trust that you described. Um, And yet the process of working through uh, the wrongdoing, the, the hurt, the, the trauma. um, And obviously there are degrees to that, but, but forgiveness doesn't mean that, Again, you know, forgive and forget. It, it doesn't, you know, the Bible doesn't tell us to forgive and forget. I, 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 and I actually disagree with that, right? Yeah. So it doesn't mean that you automatically trust this person right? and let them back into that place. It's okay to say, hey, trust is earned back. But, yeah. but I'm not going, I, A, I'm going to give you the opportunity to win that trust. Right. Um, or B, uh, and this, we have to be careful with this. If, if you are a victim of, of, of abuse, to forgive your abuser does not mean you allow them proximity back into your life to continue that abuse. That's not forgiveness. Yeah. Right. And actually, um, I would caution heavily against against that of, mm. of, of practice wisdom. Remove yourself from that situation. Right. Get help to do that. And I have counseled abused um, spouses um, mm. out of abusive situations and saying uh, and, and taking care of that and, and, and a, on very practical levels. And I would right. say. And like you said, there are levels to all of this, but we can't in the name of forgiveness uh, say, hey, forgiveness is forgive and forget. Get back in there. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I think in this case, you know, not to cut you off, please. Yeah, no, go ahead. Well, so I, I can imagine that someone listening to this would say, you know, that's an amazing story. Um, and part of what's amazing is that, you know, this person asked you, you know, repented mm-hmm. and did ask you. And yet maybe there, maybe a listener is saying, hey, I'm in a situation where yeah. this person totally. has never acknowledged it. Totally. What do you do? Uh, or perhaps it's ongoing. Um, how could I possibly forgive this this person who hasn't changed and hasn't 
hasn't even acknowledged the wrongdoing that that has happened to me. You know, do you have anything to? Yeah. Uh, we're kind of already yeah. touching on it, but no, I, to that, and I totally am insensitive to that. I I can understand that. Um, and what I would say, first of all, um, did the men nailing Christ hmm. to the cross ask his forgiveness when he gave it? Uh, no, hmm. right? How did he give it? He gave it in prayer. Hmm. Father, he starts, so he didn't even start with looking and calling them by name. He starts, he runs to the Father and says, Father, forgive them, mm -hmm. right? And he begins praying for them. And again, you go back to the Sermon on the Mount and the connection of the Lord's Prayer with the with the teaching around praying. I think I think that's where it starts. Hmm. And we we pray for this this ability to be obedient. So because Jesus and we kind of glided over it when we read it, he says, be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. And so that is a, a, a line that we cannot tow. Hmm. You know, we can't keep to that. We fall far short of the glory of God. But that doesn't mean that he falls far short of that. This is the yeah. power of the Holy Spirit in our life. So if you believe in the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead, right? That that same power is at work inside of us, as Paul says in Ephesians 1. Then I have the same power to miraculously do in me what is not natural or that I want to do or that I haven't been able to do. So somebody saying, I can't forgive that person, hmm. I think is the first step <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> to actually yeah. forgiving that person, right? right? Right. Because then what it does, you say, I fall far short of that. I'm going to fall on my knees and begin praying for this. And God, if, if, so we have the standard God calls us to, um, and the, the difference here is not that we're praying, God, heal all my hurts right now so that I can forgive. Right. It's God, enable me to be obedient. Hmm. And I will trust you with all the healing and all of that on the backside of all this. Yeah. Enable me to be obedient. And hmm. you want a prayer that God will answer in a beautifully powerful way. I think that's it. Right. Hmm. Is, okay, God, I'm, I'm ready to forgive. Um I'll give this a, a total different spin real quick and get it out of kind of my dark past. But I, I, I remember um, early on when I was pastoring, uh, I, I had an argument with a particular deacon at this church where I was pastoring. And, and, and he had been rather nasty towards me, right, hmm. in the church, right? Hmm. And here's somebody supposed to be a leader in the church. And, and I was mad. And I, and I was... Uh, I was right. right. <laughs> he, was, he was he was hurtful. He was hateful, and I was mad. Um, and I went and sat on the back swing at our at our house, and I'm sitting on this little you know little patio swing thing, and I'm sitting there, and I am just mad. And I felt the Holy Spirit convict me to pray for this man, hmm. and I straight up said no. <laughs> I don't want to. And, and I, and I remember wrestling going, no, like I'm mad at him. Let me be mad at him for yeah. a while. And I had this argument with God. I don't know if you ever have arguments <laughs> oh, yeah. with God where you're like, I know why you want me to pray for him. Cause the moment mm -hmm. I pray for him, you're going to tender my heart towards this guy. Mm -hmm. And he just said some very hurtful, hateful things. And I kind of want to hold on to that for a little bit. Right. <laughs> and just be mad. And God's conviction was just strong in that moment yeah. of I'm calling you to do this. Pray for him. Yeah. And this crazy 
thing happened and where I'm praying for him and God just gives me insight to where uh, in that moment and tenders my heart. And he's and I just felt this insight of of some things about this man that I would not have thought about or had perspective on about maybe some past hurts that he had. And then God told me to reach out to him. And, and I, I'm caught. I use that language lightly. I've, I really felt led to reach out to him and reconcile and have have mm-hmm. dinner. And so mm-hmm. I call him up and he weeps at that. And hmm. he says, will you bring your whole family over? Oh, wow. So I go over to his house and there's still a part of me is like, I don't want to be here. Like, mm-hmm. like God, I'm only doing this because mm-hmm. I like you. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> this guy I don't yeah. like or love. And it was a sweet dinner, man. It was good. And he just kind of began opening up of past traumas that he had and things that were happening. And it became a very pastoral, sweet moment. And but I look back at that that porch swing moment, and that was a light. Mm-hmm. Right. Hurt. But but yeah. if you realize that God forgiveness is a place and something that God wants to do through you to others. And my own experience was it brought healing in my life. And we'll mm-hmm. never know the simple act of forgiving somebody yeah. else. Yeah. What healing that begins in their life. Right. Yeah, I love that, man. This is uh I hope this doesn't, you know, take some of the the gravity out of it, but uh one of our favorite Christmas movies yeah. is the the Bells of Saint Mary. I don't know that one. Okay, so that's um, Bing Crosby okay. and um, Ingrid Bergman, and he's a Catholic priest. Uh, she's a, a nun, and they're working together at a Catholic school okay. for uh, elementary. And um, <clears throat> I don't want to get too into the weeds, but basically, you know, he is trying to look out for her best interest. Mm-hmm. But in, in doing so, he hasn't been fully honest with her. Mm-hmm. Like she's, she's been diagnosed with um, tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. And the, the recommendation is that she be sent to a, a drier climate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he has reassigned her and they haven't had the, the best relationship mm-hmm. throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. And so in her mind, um, he has, he's doing this out of spite. He's mm-hmm. doing this to get her out of, out of the school mm-hmm. so that he mm-hmm. can have his way without her being in the way. And um, it's a great movie. You should check it out. Yeah. Um, it's not even really a Christmas movie. There's like one little scene where they do a Christmas play, but it gets associated yeah, with yeah. Christmas. But but she's uh, really wrestling with with God, and mm. she goes into the the uh, the sanctuary and she begins to pray. And there's a scene where she's just she's crying and she's praying and he, she's begging God to help her forgive, um, to to help her not be bitter. And uh, it's just a powerful scene, man. Mm. Um, and and I think uh, what you're what you're sharing there is is very hopeful because you know what do we do when we know that Jesus has this requirement that he's got this expectation, and yet it's beyond us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like where does that leave us? And mm-hmm. if Jesus is is calling me to forgive, um, and I just don't know how. That, you're right. That's, that's where we start. You know, we go to, to him and, and we confess and we, we, we beg for his help uh, because we need that. The first step of obedience is wanting to obey. Mm. Yeah. And it's not, it's, it's just not easy. And I think that's, you know, I had a, uh, so one of the most uh, difficult uh, experiences I've had where I knew that I needed to forgive and I really didn't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, it was with a fellow believer who um, 
I had been very close to for years um, and felt like this person really, you know, pulled the rug out from under me in a pretty significant way. Um, and I don't even know, <laughs> it's one of the things you look back and you think, man, why was that so hard? Why was mm -hmm. it so hard to forgive that person? And even now I, I don't know exactly, um, I think there were a lot of things going on in my life at the yeah. time. Yeah. You know, my, my dad had just passed away and, and we had just moved and our, our kids were going through difficult things. And then, you know, this trusted friend just, you know, totally uh, bailed on me <laughs> is, uh, mm -hmm. is the way it felt. Um, and, you know, it, it took two or three years to work through that, mm -hmm. you know, where um, I would pray and forgive, but, you know, a few weeks later, things would come up and I would just, I'd be wrestling with these feelings of anger, you know, mm -hmm. and anger towards this person and just have to pray again and ask God to release me from that. And so it wasn't something in my experience in that situation, it wasn't something that uh, I just, you know, I like Keller's, Keller's quote about it being an event, but I also like the emphasis that you've brought that, that there's a process that, that we have to walk through. And, and I don't think this is what Peter was getting at. Uh, well, I don't think this is what Jesus was getting at with the 70 times seven, but I do think that there's, in my experience, that it could just be one sin that your brother committed against you, that mm -hmm. you have to go back to the Lord 70 times, you know, mm -hmm. to just ask him mm -hmm. to help you work through um, the, uh, the hurt and the, the, the fallout of, mm -hmm. of that experience. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and, and I, I want to be sensitive to how difficult this topic is um, for, for a variety of reasons. There are marriages that, that we counsel regularly of and the only route forward mm -hmm. is forgiveness mm -hmm. and the only reason why they would want to forgive is out of obedience to christ mm -hmm. now and i will pause real quick uh and and say this and keller does a great job of bringing this up of the secular idea of reasoning for forgiveness is because then you will you will feel mm. better right so the right. whole bitterness is like drinking poison hoping the other person yeah. dies right and so and there's yeah. there's some truth yeah. to to that but <clears throat> the motivation is, is so self-centered that i need to forgive you so that i'm better mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's not christ-centered right mm -hmm. and so christ-centered forgiveness is you have forgiven me and for Hmm. innumerable sins and, and affronts to your glory and you will continue to forgive me that is amazing and you call me to forgive others and you will empower me to do this thing that is hard because I am so weak at it and and so God I want to walk down this path yeah. and I'm going to need you every step of the way I'm going to need you in the act of it I'm going to need you in the words I'm going to need you in staying committed to that act, I'm going to need mm -hmm. you in healing me on the other side of that. But it's all about you, Jesus. Right. That's Jesus-centered forgiveness. Yeah, I like that. And 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 at times, and and that's where, yeah, it's it's really really hard. Mm -hmm. And 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 it's okay. There are times when you really really don't want to do a thing mm -hmm. that God calls you to, i.e., Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane praying. Mm -hmm. Please take this cup from me. There has to be another route. And yet not my will be done, but 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 yours. Mm. And if that is the heart, and that is a the perfect prayer, that's the perfect heart, 
but we're called to be perfect as the Father in heaven is perfect. And we've been empowered with the perfect Holy Spirit. I'd also say that you're not on an island, right? Hmm. I love the John Donne poem of, of No Man is an Island. He was a pastor in England and he, he writes this famous, hmm. uh, famous poem. Um, and I, as a pastor, I relate to that all the time because oftentimes when somebody comes and, and they, they're explaining their hurts and where they are and how they're yeah. stuck in it, one of the first things I ask them is tell me about the community you have around you. Who, who, who's in your life? Do hmm. you have, in our church, I would ask, are you in a growth group? Do you have some deep Christ-following friends right. that would help you run to Christ? And nearly always, trauma causes us to isolate because of shame. And, and so for me, I think one of the reasons I felt healing in the moment when my wife said, I forgave you, hmm. was also because that was the first time I let anybody really see the full me. And so that was, that was really the first time I felt really conne connected because I just, hmm. there's a whole part of me I'd never let anybody in, right? Right. Um, and so now why do I do that? I, I do it all the time now of because of, hmm. I, I, like, this is me, and I, but it, it began there. And so now, when the reason I bring that up, if you're in a marriage situation that we're, we're uh, and listen, I have seen God bring back marriages from horrific places, horrific hurts, of of infidelity of 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 breaks of trust like you wouldn't believe and i've seen forgiveness do just miraculous things but it's god hmm. that that has enabled this and i love that but every one of those places where i've seen that those people the the spouses did the hard work of being in a vulnerable real community with other believers wow. who would help them see jesus yeah. Right. Because there are times um, when, even though I, I know what I ought to, ought to do, I don't mm -hmm. want to do it. Right. But the holiness of my brother who's with me, who's willing to carry my burdens for me. Right. Right. Um, bringing me to Christ, continuing to point me to forgiveness, continuing to pray for me. Um, that enables me to be obedient. So if you hear the call to obedience mm -hmm. and you think, all right, now I got to try really hard, but you exclude the idea that you have the church around you and in Christian community. If you don't have Christian community, go get it, go, mm -hmm. go get involved in it. Find a healthy church, uh, get real with brothers and sisters, open, open up, pray and long for that. Mm. Um, and then if you have it, but but you aren't being real and vulnerable, mm. right? Then I would argue it's not real community. You're holding right. back, right? I, and I'd argue that because that's what I was. Yeah, like my whole marriage changed once I once right. I let her into that, and my level of friendships with people changed, and yeah, all of those. So the mm. uh, you're not on an island trying to figure out how to forgive somebody, right? Yeah. Go be in the community of, of other sinners who have been forgiven by Christ, and mm. and and allow them to point you to Christ, mm. and then in obedience walking together in that and man and that is that is so good you know as you were sharing that um the story that came to mind from the scriptures was luke 7 and the woman mm. you know jesus is at the the house of simon mm -hmm. the pharisee and uh, you shared on this mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. maybe a month back um but uh, you know just a thought that that occurred to me as you were making that connection between um being known, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, being in, 
in close community where you are known and accepted mm. um, and being liberated and, and mm. being mm-hmm. in a position to to do the hard work of forgiveness. Mm. Um, that's such a great connection. And, and it, it, could it be that, you know, the, the, the Pharisees, his in, in his mind, he was thinking if Jesus was truly a prophet, he would know what kind of mm-hmm. woman this mm-hmm. was who's touching him, mm-hmm. you know, uh, crying on his feet and wiping mm-hmm. uh, the tears with her hair. And yet Jesus did know. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why she was freed. Yeah. Because he, he knew her story and he accepted her. Um, and, you know, that's that's what he says, you know, the, the one who's been forgiven much loves much, you know, that, that there's something about being known and accepted mm-hmm. uh, and, and being able to then turn around and extend that to others. I know we got to wrap this up. <clears throat> I, I would throw out one book I, I yeah, read during, good. during that. Um, and that's Philip Yancey's What's So Amazing About Grace. Hmm. Um, and it's a fantastic read. It, it, there's a story in there of this one lady who had just horrifically made some choices for her, her young daughter. It was just bad. And the lady herself was, was in prostitution. She'd sold her, her daughter and some things. And it's a sad, heartbreaking mm-hmm. story. <clears throat> and um, she says to a friend um, that she, she opens up and this friend says, well, you need to go to church. And, and as a pastor, this convicts me. And this lady says, um, church, I already feel bad about what hmm. I've done. Why would I go there? They would only make me feel worse. Hmm. Right. And hmm. so she saw it as a place where she couldn't go and find forgiveness herself. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, I, I think this is where it's important. Whereas at churches, as believers, we don't lose sight of our own desperate need for forgiveness. I love Paul's line of saying, this is a trustworthy saying that Christ came and died for sinners of which I am chief. Right. Right. Like I'm right up there. And as long as we have that perspective, then when somebody comes in into our lives, our community, they first of all need to see that humility in us that, man, Mm -hmm. I've got stuff. And so as a pastor, I try to share, you know, not overshare, but be real of, Mm -hmm. of, I am a chief amongst the sinners in need of grace like Paul. But then as you create a community of that, then there becomes a safe place to to open up. But if churches, we try to pretend like, hey, we are already those that are perfect, right? Which was like the Pharisee's house. Then it changes how we see the poor woman coming in when actually the only perfect one in that room, Jesus saw her and everybody else's sins, right? Mm -hmm. And and she was the only one that was running to him. And and, um, there's something so wonderful about that. And, and I'm, I'm big, I, obviously as a pastor, I think about the church a lot, mm-hmm. but I long for our church and every church to be a place where people would say, those are people that are radically forgiving, mm. right? Because this is what it means to be children of light, to bring its full circle back around. I would love for the defining characteristic of the people Hmm. of Christ followers that I get to lead and be a part of and love 
is that we are just gracious people because we have been radically forgiven, right? right? And so if we all agreed this is the goal and the kind of life we want to live, now how do we practically work it out? We can work this out. We can do the hard work of that. But we have to hold this ideal up as mm. this is what it means to follow Christ, to live like this in a hurtful, broken world. This is what we long for, heaven here on earth. Yeah, and that's... That's why we wanted to talk about it, you yeah. know, because again, like in my own mind, I think this is something that um, that we haven't addressed maybe mm. head on. I'm not sure that we've done a an episode specifically mm. on forgiveness, and I was uh, just convicted that hey, this is this is a really big part of what it means to follow <laughs> Jesus. And Teach. my my suspicion is that uh, there are people, a lot of people listening or watching this right now who you know, like in your spirit, you know, hey, this is something that uh, I haven't dealt with. And it's a reason why I'm not moving forward in my relationship with God. It's a reason why I don't have that fellowship and that community at the at the level that I would like to have. And mm. it's, it's because uh, there's some sort of forgiveness that needs to be addressed and dealt with. So I hope that folks will will be encouraged by the conversation. And we'd love to hear from you if, if this is something yeah. that's been helpful or if, if you have stories to share or suggestions that could help others find uh, forgiveness and, and move forward in that way, then, then let us know. Reach out to us. You can share a comment on the YouTube video or you can post on social media, the Into, Into the Harvest Facebook or Instagram page, or just uh, drop us a, an email. Um, yeah. My email is andrew at intotheharvest.org. It's always encouraging to hear from people in the listening community. And uh, I do hope that people a lot of people will move forward in this area of forgiveness uh, and that just listening to this particular episode will be a starting point for them. So Shelton, thanks again. You're going to be on the show uh, quite a bit this year, which I'm excited about because yeah. I always learn when we have conversations <laughs> I do too. and most of the time we're not recording them. So I feel <laughs> like, uh, you know, I want to share, I want to share this with others and I really appreciate you brother. So yeah, thanks for being thanks on for today. Thanks for letting me come on. I know you, you're wrapping it up here, but can I pray? Please. Um, That'd be a great yeah, way to wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, God, we are um, so grateful for your forgiveness towards us, for your um, just loving heart that that would cover over our multitude of sins, God. And thank you. Uh, thank you for that. So now, Father, I pray for those that are listening who are carrying big wounds and, and trauma and um struggling marriages, broken relationships, all those things, Father, would you radically fill their soul with a sense of your love, that you have them, you have seen those hurts, that they don't have to be defined by that, that you can um, bring your son back from the dead, you can remake and do all kinds of things with life. And so, Father, would you speak to their hearts with great hope and renewal? Mm. Um, and God, where the enemy has convinced us to hold on to bitterness and vengeance and anger, Father, would you, by your grace, uh, help us to release that and give it to you and trust you and begin the obedient walk of forgiving as you have forgiven us, God. And, and so we just lay this before you. I pray you do a work in the hearts of your children in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks, brother. Yeah. And thanks to all of you listening and watching. We'll see you next time. Yeah. See ya.